Welcome to our podcast. Hey everyone. We're a tentatively titled JoJo's World. Who knows? Who knows what could happen yeah. after that? We could come up with the best name ever and you could be like, why are they talking about JoJo's World? Ugh, it's like a world of JoJo's that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. I'm uh, one of your hosts. I'm Liam S. Smith. And I'm Nick Ballantyne, also another one of your hosts. Learn our voices. Woo! If you don't, you're going to get real lost real fast. Yeah. It's going to be real bad. How hard could it be to tell apart the voices of two nerdy white guys <laughs> you would be surprised or would you Ooh. so what are we talking about here Liam? so this is our uh, jojo's bizarre adventure recap and discussion podcast Ooh, how fancy uh i am a big jojo's fan i basically consider it the only anime worth watching at this stage in my life even like above cowboy bebop and whatnot well i mean I'm still into that because of like nostalgia value because I watched it when I was in high school. Mm. But basically, other than like some occasional exceptions that are mostly like parodies, like One Punch Man and things with actual artistic merit, like your um your Studio Ghibli things. Yeah, actually good stuff. Yeah, not just like it's anime good. Yeah, basically, then JoJo's is the only one I really care about. All right. I've sort of I think I've sort of reached a point of saturation where when I was in high school I was like, oh this medium has all these different storytelling tropes that it relies on yeah but at a certain point of saturation they're basically all the same yeah it's all the same anime with the same storytelling yeah me not so much (laughs) fair enough i'm like i'm like the exact opposite of you where i like got into it in high school and then it just stopped at some point Mm -hmm. so now i'm like i need to watch all the anime like i should just watch all the anime r.i.p yeah basically Like, I've just got to get back into, like, Cowboy Bebop and Samurai Champloo at some point, just to be like, I've watched them again. I did like Samurai Champloo. Mm. And now that I'm sort of more into hip-hop than I was when it was on telly, I should probably give another look. Yeah, just a bit. Just a bit. So, um, what do you know about JoJo's? Because I've, I've read and watched all the currently published material, and I understand you haven't. Oh my... You've watched and read all of it? Yeah, I, w- I went deep. Okay, so I have watched, I think, the first 13 episodes, like... A year and a half ago. So that's pretty much the Jonathan Joestar story, right? Yes, I think. This is how far back it is. I don't know who's who anymore. This is good. All I remember is Dio, um, Manly Poses, and at one point there was a Tommy gun, and that's as far as it goes. Okay, yeah, so you you definitely saw the end of... I think. The the series set in the 1800s. Yeah, There was a Tommy gun. Yeah, yeah. I remember that, but nothing else. Like, nothing else. Okay. One of the things I really like about JoJo's is that it's the way it's an anthology story because one of those like recurring tropes I have uh, problems I have with various like generic anime is the way like in Dragon Ball in Dragon Ball Z they fight Vegeta and he's like the strongest guy on earth yeah. and they go to Namek and they fight Frieza who's the strongest guy in the universe and then he's like the second boss of the show yeah and then it kind of keeps going on like that where it's like yeah so now I'm yeah. Cell the greatest yeah. being in every well, I'm the legendary Super Saiyan but now I'm the double legendary Super yeah. Saiyan and I like how this series it tells a story and then it resets everything back to zero so it doesn't yeah. have to deal with that sort of like constant escalation how it's like you have a new son oh by the way the son is just kind of useless now yeah yeah he has to go on his own journey <laughs> yeah I think that's probably a good thing about like you know 
how in um, most anime when they have a time leap, it's really bad. Yeah. In yep. this one, there's actually a legitimate reason to go forward in time. Because you've got to have kids growing up. Yeah, exactly. Like, and that also it provides opportunity to tell like a variety of different stories because like this Phantom Blood, the one that we started watching today, is... Phantom. Part one, Phantom Blood. Oh my god. <laughs> this is going to go so well. That's like a kind of a take on your Victorian era horror type stories, like Dracula. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas then later on you get like the one set in the eighties is like a globe trotting road story and I am so hyped. Yeah. I'm so hyped. It also has the beautiful thing of in anime when it's like the next strongest guy comes along and then the next strongest guy comes along and you're like, Yeah, okay, so why wasn't he just the first one? Basically, yeah. Yeah. So now there's actually good reason. I get that. So let's, let's, I guess we should lay out like some ground rules of how we're going to, what our content's going to be, because... Yeah, because we have no idea at this point. No, we'll no. figure it out, though. We've got no idea. <laughs> I guess I don't want to harp on about how I'm like, Liam thinks he's above anime or whatever, but <laughs> one of the things that always I always find really like grating in any discussion of anime is like subs versus dubs, yeah. or like, I don't think this was translated correctly. So basically, if I ever talk about anything like that, it's only going to be because I think there's an actual interesting point behind it. Yeah, so anything like if in the English dub they made a certain choice with that translation as opposed to, like, the subtitles. Yeah. And then it actually becomes amazing because of that. So, like, there was one that you were telling me about that comes up later that's like... Yes, oh, we I meant to show it to you before we started recording, actually. There are these two Cockney kids in the episode we watched today. Yeah. And they're just given the most amazingly over-the-top Cockney accents and, uh, in that bit where Dio kisses Arena, yeah. the, the one he's like, Oh, I wish I was Dio, I'd show them what for. <laughs> it's amazing. Oh, God, yes. Oh, also, just for context, we just watched the first episode because I haven't seen any of them and Liam was like, you should just watch the first episode before we do this, before we actually discuss it. Yeah. I was like, that's a good idea. What the hell just happened, man? <laughs> so we're going to be going through basically an episode of the show for episode of the podcast, for now at least. Yes, one-to-one, until you were saying there were, like, some two-parters that kind of work better as, like, one combined... Yeah, we'll, we'll see how we're going with the show, but yeah. we, we may start yeah. doing them as a, a single story. See yeah. how we go. Sweet. So, we open in, um, Liverpool, England in the 18, late 1800s. Which I did not expect. <laughs> um, there's actually an omitted scene. This is something that, one of those things from the manga slash anime transition that is, it, I think, worth mentioning. Mm. That um, the manga started with a, a brief scene before the 1800s in the ancient Aztec society where a mysterious figure wearing a an ominous stone mask was sacrificing a young woman. Oh. And then that is cut away and not mentioned for a while as we start telling the story of Jonathan Joestar, our first Jojo. What the hell? <laughs> okay. So that'll become apparent what that is in the next episode or two. Okay. What? Because I... I mean, I remember the mask from, like, a year and a half ago. I can't remember what the hell it does, but I remember the mask. The Aztecs. What? The what? The what? Okay, I don't want to spoil you on much, okay, but there, right. there is some Aztec, like, mythology. It just gets or better with every sentence I hear about this show. <laughs> so what, that was omitted because... Just because... Well, that's... The reason I wanted to bring it up is because the omission of that just makes this episode basically two rich British boys feuding with each other. Yeah, which, I mean, is enough in itself. Yeah, and this episode was the first piece of JoJo's I ever saw, and I didn't know what it was about or what to expect beyond this episode. So I was really surprised when, after this episode, everyone got super buff and started fighting vampires. I mean, spoiler alert. Sorry, yeah. But, you know. Yeah. (laughs) 
The other thing, this is the thing I was going to ask about. Were they 12 at that point in time? Were they actually 12? Maybe, because I know next episode has a time skip. Yeah, and seven years later or something. Something like that, and he's 20. So he's like 13? Yeah. What and what? You know, he's not as over-the-top Sylvester Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger-y as he is next episode, but he is... He is buff. Yeah. For a (laughs) 13-year-old, he is like Hercules-level buff. Like, that is crazy. Hercules from the Disney animated movie, yeah. Hercules. Oh, man. That's the thing that gets me about this, right? Is that literally everything you see is either insanely masculinely like, yes, power. Or it's just sort of like dainty woman feminist. Feminist? No, not quite. Are we, we going to raise some red flags here, hey, Nicholas? Wait, don't worry. Prepare to get triggered, but... No, it's like, you know, the sort of dainty, like, 18th century, oh no, the man, I want him, but I can't, I'm so proper. That's what kind of got me about this at first, where I was like, whoa, this is really, like, 19th century or 18th century level, like, yep. But also there's a real, like... They're like manly men. Anachronistic sense of style to it all. Yeah! Someone first described it to me as if, um, Jojo's Bizarre Adventure is as if the 80s won the culture wars and (laughs) took over the rest of history. It's, like, so over the top. Dio, who we'll meet later in this episode, has this fantastic mullet that I only noticed for the first time today. So beautiful. So we should probably get into the plot a bit. Yes. Okay. There's a carriage uh, crash in 1800s England. The carriage owner was George Joestar. Oh, so manly. Prominent local nobleman. Yep. And his his wife died in the crash, but he and his son survived. And they were saved by Dario Brando, local crazy man <laughs> crazy miscreant thief man who yeah. was just gonna, gonna rob their dead bodies until they realized he was alive and then he kind of i think was it george said yeah you've come to save me and then not dio what's his name dario dario um so dario's just gone oh yes sure i've saved you sure let's roll with that you owe me now <laughs> yeah yeah there's a lot of like apocryphal information about like where inspirations in this series come from the phrase Iraqi said Iraqi being the author Mm. um is often often precedes it but apparently one of the things that I've heard has inspired this scene is the bit in Les Mis where uh Marius is wounded in the sewers after the uh failed revolution and uh Thenardier uh picks up his body and thinks he thinks he's rescuing him right so it's sort of a play on Les Mis if it's not a direct inspiration, it's at least eerily similar. Yeah. Well, I mean, it does sort of hint at it that it's the same time period-ish, and it's the same scene. Yeah, pretty much. So you'd think maybe he's just copied it as a young budding <laughs> writer. Look, you never know. Um, That's interesting that he would, like, pay homage to that, at least. As a, Again, this is yeah. citation needed. Yeah. So uh, we get, like, a sort of brief montage of... J- Jonathan Joestar, George's son, and uh, Dario's son, Dio, growing up. Mm-hmm. Where Jonathan is, like, living in the lap of luxury and kind of being a little shit. And <laughs> sort of learning through uh, being rich, as it were. Yeah, and Dio, meanwhile, is, like, being abused by his dad and... Getting his own money through his own work. Yeah, and also, like, he, he beats this other guy in chess, which shows he has a sharp mind, but then the other guy just beats him up. Yep, because, you know, always have to put down the smart guy. Yeah, we, we get a grisly snapshot of the Victorian anime class system. (laughs) Just the anime version of the Victorian class system. Very important distinction. But it's very... uh, I've noticed that, like, the first time I watched it, I thought, wow, this pacing is really odd. But then now watching it after so long, and being slightly older, I'm like, that's actually, like, the perfect way to introduce 
this like feud between yeah them. you you see where they both come from yeah. and then and it doesn't waste any time in saying this is who they are yeah so um they meet eventually when uh dio's dad dies and he's like i saved this guy you should go live with him because he owes me yeah tragic death by the way tragic death that what lasts about three seconds yeah yeah. We basically just cut to Dio standing in front of his grave, literally spitting on it, yeah, and being just... like, sup, I'm going to go get mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he hands him a letter, but I don't think we've seen what's in the letter yet. I think the letter is basically just being like, hey George, I'm Dario, remember how I saved your life? I'm dying yeah. now, please repay this favour and raise my son. Something like that. Okay. Is it ever mentioned in um, the manga, what it says, or is it just... I can't remember off the top of my head, I read it so long ago. Alright. Well, probably like a year ago, actually, so not that long ago. <laughs> what do you mean, not that? It's a year! Yeah. What is this? Too long to remember that kind of detail, but yeah. not, like, in the 80s when this came out. Yeah, true, true. And it's been going for a long time. Yeah. God damn. I suppose that's why the anime is so good now, because they have so much to pull from. Pretty much. Also, Dio. It's our first musical reference of the... Uh, oh, I'm so happy already. ...of the podcast. Uh, so- I don't really know much about Ronnie James Dio. Yeah, so Dio... Interesting things about Dio, right? Dio was the replacement for Ozzy Osbourne in Black Sabbath. Okay. What happened to Ozzy? Uh, Ozzy just sort of got kicked out at some point, or he just left. All right. Um, And then decided to pursue his own solo career, which is why Ozzy now has his own solo career. Living Uh, with the Osbournes. Yeah. So he did like stuff like Crazy Train and all that um, outside of that. But Dio came in and he sort of brought sort of a more religious-y context to it, because Dio's quite Italian, and his mother... The Italian word for God. Yeah, in fact. Uh, And he was the one who's sort of credited with uh, the devil horns. Oh, really? Yeah, because his mother always taught him the evil eye in Italy, which was to do this to your enemy. Right. If you can't see it, basically take the devil's horns, like you're tributing Sabbath, and then point them towards someone, and I think that's giving someone the evil eye. It's like a curse. Yeah, it's like a curse. So he was sort of attributed with that because he started doing it with Black Sabbath. And so then... Okay. Like, yeah. And he's very, very prolific in metal because he was sort of like this operatic singer. Well, not really operatic, but just sort of like larger than life when you see him and when you hear him. And he's just very like big. Okay, cool, cool. So that sort of... When you look at Dio as a character, it's quite interesting that they would go with him because Dio is very like... Dio is larger than life. Yeah, he's quite like... He wants it all. Yeah. And he sort of reflects that sort of Dio mentality of, yeah, this is what I want. I'm going to like pay tribute to the evil but at the same time like i know my sensibilities yeah dio starts with nothing and he wants it all and jonathan at this stage has everything and is kind of a twerp yep and so naturally beats him down yep but also jojo is you would think that would be a musical reference right isn't it well you know obviously there's get back by the beatles uh jojo was a man i uh i'm gonna just lay down some truths for the like listeners here I don't like the Beatles. All right. Well, that's a song. We're already going to get a lot of hate now. And this is another one of those um, things that aren't nece- isn't necessarily verified. Mm. But apparently um, the guy would meet with his editor in a uh, restaurant near his house. Yeah. And uh, the restaurant was called Jonathan's. <laughs> okay. Uh, so he wanted to call his protagonist Jonathan. Because he really liked the restaurant? Oh, just to, like, to pay homage to it. And he also... I actually got a quote here. He said... Through translation. Yep. You know how a name can have two S's like Steven Spielberg? I wanted something like that. So I thought Joestar would be an appropriate surname. <laughs> that is magnificent. So he's named his main character after a restaurant. Yeah. Was it like a fancy restaurant by any chance? No idea. Damn. Because like, if it was, that would make a lot of sense for Jonathan Joestar. 
Because, like, then if it was, like, a really posh restaurant they would go to just, like, once a month or something, because the <laughs> editor could afford it, you'd just be like, man, it's so fancy here. Wait! <laughs> character! Yeah. Well, so Jonathan is the first of what was always intended to apparently be an anthology series. Okay. So Jonathan, he gets a lot of flack for being, like, the boring Jojo because he's a, he's a more basic hero, hero archetype. He's, right. you know, he's... Just a bit of a cliche. He's pure, he's upstanding. Yeah. He's your regular 19th, 18th century. Is it 19th? It is 19th century. Yeah, 1800th, 19th century. 19th century, like, sensible guy who's all like, yes, I'm going to be a gentleman. That's what I'm going to be. Whereas I imagine once you get more through time, it's going to become a bit more bizarre, as it were. He's going to go on a bizarre adventure, you might say. Oh, (laughs) God. A crazy quest. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, but sort of... Kooky. Yeah, that's sort of like, the first guy has to be boring just to set it up, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, the idea is that he will become something that everyone else is compared to. Yeah. Inevitably. Absolutely. Well, I mean, if he's setting it all up, he has to have the setup. Yeah. The guy who's not outwardly, like, different. Because if it was outwardly different, then it would be a bit weird, wouldn't it? Yeah. And then, of course, you have his opposite number, Dio, who is... Very outwardly different. He is... (laughs) Ooh. He's also, like, the ultimate personification of evil in this series. And everything that happens in Jojo's Bizarre Adventure is if not directly involving Dio, is a direct consequence of the feud they have. Yeah. What, like everything? Jojo's Bizarre Adventure is an adventure that stems from the 1800s to the end of linear time. Oh my god. Oh, I'm so excited. Okay. So, like, literally everything just stems off of... Oh, yeah, I guess it does, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, like, everything that we saw in that episode was just them feuding. It's kind of, um... I don't know. There's a thing people always quote George Lucas saying when he was making the prequels, where it's like, I want this round spaceship to blow up in space, like in episode four. Or I want this to happen, because it's like poetry, it rhymes. Yeah. JoJo's is like poetry, it rhymes. (laughs) Oh man, your love for the show. It's showing already. (laughs) So, Dio shows up at Joestar Manor, and like, immediately starts gaslighting Jonathan. Oh yeah. I think he kicks his dog. Yep, so that's how you know he's a bad guy, because he beats up a dog. He beats up a It's like the opposite of saving the cat. Yeah. What an arsehole. What an arsehole. And then immediately just goes, hey, Jojo, how are you going? Grabs him by his earlobe. Yeah, it's like, I just, like, beat down your dog. <laughs> you want to fight? Don't touch my stuff. Yeah. And then George just breaks it up. But obviously, he sees uh, Dio as the good guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get, like, a montage of Dio, like, being better at everything than Jonathan. Like, being better at schooling and table manners. And they have a boxing match. <laughs> so good. It's, like, a really grounded, like... It's just two guys punching each other, and the action sort of, I would say, is fairly realistic for an anime. But the way it's depicted, and the <laughs> colour shifts, yes. and the monologue is all just so melodramatic. I it's love all it. so freaking anime and operatic. Yeah. Like, the thing is, like, every single fight scene that I've seen so far hasn't lasted more than, like, a minute. Which is something I appreciate. Yeah. I don't have time for Namek blowing up in five episodes and also five minutes later. Yeah, but I mean, I could go on a small tangent about, like, fight scenes. Uh, a good fight scene should be one that's, like, good slapstick. Because okay. good slapstick has an emotional resonance behind it. So whenever, like, you see Charlie Chaplin at, like, the factory, yeah. the emotional resonance there is that he's the working man, he doesn't want to be caught up in the system. So then when he's physically getting caught up <laughs> by the system, you're like, oh, that's funny. So a good fight scene has the emotional resonance of, well, Dio's better at everything, but Jojo 
just can't take it anymore. So, like, he goes to fight him, but Dio, obviously, is like, yeah, but I know more than you, so yeah, obviously I I'm going to win. I grew up in the mean streets of London. Exactly. I'm so he uses, like, a Punch you technique. in the face and gouge your eye with yeah. my thumb. So and steal like, all your friends by winning this boxing match. <laughs> <laughs> Which amazingly works! Yeah. But, like, you know, that sort of, sort of approach to, like, the fight scene of, yeah... The backstory is, of course I'm going to beat you. I'm punching you with this secret technique because I grew up on the streets and I have, like, all this other stuff behind me. Like, that makes a lot more sense than, yeah, I'm going to fight you. Oh, look, one of us sort of just kind of won, which is, like, bad slapstick, where it's like, yeah, some guy just got a pie to the face. How is that fine? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a uh, there's story behind the conflict. Exactly. So the context, the, the context feeds into the fight. Yeah. And then it doesn't last that long, but it's really satisfying. <laughs> So we have, like, I, I assume it skips forward, like, a couple of weeks or months after that. and They like, can't be 12 anymore. <laughs> John, all of Jonathan's friends have left him and think he's a snitch, and yep. they all just, like, idolise Dio now. Yeah. There was that other boxing match that happened as well. I don't remember another boxing match. Oh, no, it, ha- no, it comes later. Never mind. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, then Jonathan is, like, bemoaning his lot in life when... Oh, he saved this girl in the montage before yep. Arena, who was being beaten up by these two amazingly cockney lads who just caused trouble for everyone, and then they beat Jonathan up. Yep. But he's like, I rescued you, but I didn't do it because I like you. It's because I'm a gentleman. So manly by so, 19th century standards. To repay him, she brings him a uh, basket of grapes. Yes. And he's like, hey, we'll meet up here tomorrow. And then he feeds some grapes to his dog. <laughs> you had a massive problem yeah, with that. Yeah, you can't feed grapes to a dog. Dogs <laughs> can't eat grapes. It's anime. Of course you can feed grapes to a you dog. Know, his dog's going to die if it eats those grapes. <laughs> you wouldn't want anything, happen- anything bad to happen to Danny, would you? Oh, God, that's ominous. <laughs> um, yeah, so then obviously he falls in love with her because, yeah. you know, 19th century. Yeah. We have, like, a brief dating montage. Very brief, which is beautiful, (laughs) but you get the exact idea they're going for. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I didn't need to see them being disgusting and together, I just need to see them having fun. Whoa! Storytelling! It's amazing. Basically. um, (laughs) And then on the way home from their date, uh, Dio sexually assaults Arena. Yes, which, you know, less good. Less good. But, you know, at least they show that in all of its painfulness. And then Arena... Tries to wash her mouth with puddle water. Yeah. We should talk about the kiss, though, because the kiss is one of those Very iconic dramatic. shots from the, sh- the series yeah. Yeah. where he grabs her face and pulls her in and there's, like, this guitar sting. And that's one of the scenes with the visual sound effects that I love in because the- apparently that's, like, a signature of his manga style where it has, like, these very bold, like, visual sound effects. Yeah. Kanji? Is that the word? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kanji. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's... that In important scenes, they are translated into kanji for sound appearing in the anime yeah and this is one of those ones where the sound is apparently it's pronounced like zakun of course it is i mean i don't know if it's kanji or not but i'm pretty sure it's kanji yeah i, I don't know i'm not an expert on japanese yeah. remember at the start when we said about the language barrier yeah we don't know anything about japanese basically <laughs> so she she washes her face in the mud and the, the two cockney lads are like oh dio you gonna take that shit mate <laughs> which is perfect because of course those guys would be like Eh? Eh? You gonna do that? We admire you so much. <laughs> and then it's... What is it? Dio, like... He hits her. Yeah, he punches her or slaps her? Uh, I wasn't sure. One of the two. But then they're just like, oh, He's amazing. I wish I was like Dio, all the ballyho I'd get up to, it's mate. It's like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, it's brutal. It's a brutal scene. But it's very satisfying to see it, like, go down, where you're like, wow, Dio's an asshole. We're, all, we're also already seeing, like, the results of Dio's ambition, where he's gathering these followers. Yeah. And yeah. in this, and in later parts, that's going to be, like, a key thing, that he has this charisma that attracts people to him. Mm. Okay. 
Well, as in, like, as a major plot point? Or just... Well, that's, like, because he's a major villain, so yeah. he attracts these people who... These assholes Become secondary antagonists. Oh, because... Oh, no. All right. Just a whole bunch of lower-class dudes at this point are following him, aren't they? It's Pretty not much. Really... He just got, like, got his lads. Yeah. I don't even know if he actually likes them. He just probably just likes people having... He likes the power that yeah. comes with but the people. But he hates them. dogs because dogs are bootlickers. Yes. So why does he like these guys? Because they're not... What? <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, they're probably not bootlickers. They're just... They want what he has. And he's like, well, then don't look up to me. Get it yourself. And they probably go out and do crap. Oh, so he's a libertarian. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dio shrugged. Oh, God. Okay. It's like, quickly get away from that. So that ruins Jonathan and Arena's relationship because 18th century views of propriety viewed through the lens of Japanese culture means that they can't talk to each other anymore. I mean, it's logical. It's wholly logical. That's the other thing that gets me is that um, whenever any sort of conflict happens... There's, like, the massive part of just justification that needs to happen. Yeah, everyone has to, like, internally monologue their yeah. motivation. We'll, we'll get a character in the next few episodes who is, like, the historical best person in anime for just standing there and narrating what's happening, but also being kind of cool. <laughs> okay. That's weird. His name's Ario Speedwagon. Tell me more. No, you'll find out. Oh, God, okay. All right. Ario Speed... Jesus. I think I remember Speedwagon. Yeah. But, like, I remember nothing. Like, just nothing about this anime. Oh. Good, good. But yeah, that whole, like, justification of things. Because, like, normally when I watch anime, there's, like, justification behind all their actions. Because, you know, most anime, they're like, I have to be logical about this. Like in, um, like, Psychopaths. I've never seen that, but go on. Okay, well, basically the entire thing is, uh, the premise is some dudes put chips in people's brains to see if they're going to become, like, psychopaths in the future. And then if they are, they kill them before it happens. And that's the premise. So every single episode is like, if you were a psychopath, how would we know if you're a psychopath? Because it's not reading you're a psychopath. And it's just wholly logical for like 20 episodes. That sounds kind of dull, honestly. It, it gets pretty fucking boring. But every anime that you watch after like realizing they all have to be logical is like, well, there's like the logical justification. Oh, like how, like how in Death Note, yeah, where exactly. someone will be like, I need to say that I'm not the murderer, yeah. but that will make him think that I am the murderer. Yeah, but like in Death Note, it's a bit more... um. Like, the plot points come from that justification. Okay. Whereas in this, it's just like, they're justifying everything that's already happening, just so everyone's like, so this is what So I'm just thinking. explaining things to the reader. Yeah. Constantly. So like, in Psychopaths, it's like, oh yeah, but how do I know this about you? And you're like, yeah, get on with it. But in this, it's like, I need to do this, because passion. And yeah, basically. Yes, please! <laughs> it's, like, it's fueled by emotion rather than just cold logic. Okay, yeah. I love. It's so good. So Jonathan is like, Dio did this because Dio's been ruining my life. And Which, then you know, to he, be fair, he has. He bursts into flames and goes and <laughs> gets in a fist fight with Dio. And then there's that beautiful motif where he's reading the book and closes it. Yeah. Which was the same thing as when he was with his father. Yeah. yeah. See, I was saying... That, that might be a visual metaphor for how he's made this place his home. Ooh, I like it. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. We're going too deep into that one, though. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Whatever. Dio's like, I'm going to kick the shit out of you, Jonathan. But then Jonathan is like, no, I'm pretty cool and headbutts him. Yeah. This scene has, like, I really wish I could describe these colour shifts in a way that would capture their majesty there's for the a, audio medium. There's a sort of, like, mosaic feel to it. Yeah. Where like, you've got those triangles that are sort of 
eerily yeah, going I into don't know what the deal with those is. Yeah, I think it's... Because Dio had exactly the same sort of triangle things, but they weren't moving into him. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, no, they were. No, Jojo had that mosaic, but then Dio... Anyway, it's sort of like this mosaic palette. Yeah. Because like these, these, the still frames are obviously a budget uh, thing, but they... Oh, maybe they're purposeful. Well, you know, you've got to save money somehow. True. So there are, there are a few still frames where, like, there'll be a colour shift and someone, there'll be a still of someone vaguely drifting to the right while they monologue and the colour pattern pulses. It's like this really not natural colour either. But also in this whole fight scene, like, everything had, like, a big like yellow tinge to it. Yeah. So, like, Jonathan's blue sweater became green and Dio was just all yellow. Yeah. Like the song. Really weird. But I guess it's like, if you're looking through fire, <laughs> everything becomes a bit more yellow. So Jonathan, like, discovers his fighting spirit or some bullshit <laughs> and beats up Dio and knocks some blood onto the stone mask, mm. which then falls out of the wall because... Something um, spiritual or something. Because, like, the hooks in the back of it yeah. shot out. Something weird's gonna happen with that mask. And then it. Dio is crying and he's like, how dare you do this to me, Jonathan? And he pulls out a knife. But he pulls it out so that George, who has shown up at the top of the stairs, couldn't see it. And George breaks up the fight. George is like, and then he still thinks Dio's the good guy. Yeah, because even though boys will fight, Jonathan fought too well and beat up Dio when he was down. Oh, Dio. Oh, Dio. So then Dio got beat up, so he murders Jonathan's dog. Which is totally fair. And he puts him in the most... Oh, he puts him in the oven. Or okay, this is, this is your first lesson about uh, Jojo's storytelling. Dogs are going to have a bad time in this series. <laughs> God damn it. Okay, good. But, like, he puts him in, what, like, an oven or something. Incinerator. Incinerator. He puts him in an incinerator in a box that the servant's like, oh, there's probably nothing in the box. And then uh, lets him suffer in the flames, which yeah. can't be opened because the metal's heated up, so obviously he can't just open it up. Yep. Brutal. It's a brutal way to kill the dog. Yeah. He didn't just, you know, kick him in the face so he died instantly. He was just like, no, I'm more insidious than that. R.I.P. dogs. Ugh. Rip in peace. Um, and then that's basically the end of the episode. Dio's like, Jonathan beat me because I lost my temper. I need to learn how to control my temper. And then there's a shot of the mask, which is now weirdly different. It's got like a bulbous thing here. Oh yeah, that, I think that was always there. No, because before it was like a nice smooth, like with a few cracks in it. But then when the blood hit it, it's sort of got this weird like bulbous bit on it. Okay. But I guess that's just because blood got on it. Yeah. Look how different the mask is. The mask is of significance. Yeah, it feels like that's going to be quite important later, since that was the last shot of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> Funny how, like, that ominous symbolism might make you think yeah. it's something. What the hell did I just watch, Liam? Uh, Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, Episode 1, Dio the Invader. What the hell did I just watch? I mean, it's amazing, but what the hell? It's, like, so weird. So bizarre. Like, even in the normal parts, I was like, everyone has manly poses and just... Apparently, um, the posing was largely inspired by, like, Greek statues and stuff. It just gets better with everything I know about it. But it's like, every single scene, someone is, like, either doing this or, like, this or People something. People can't hear what you're doing. I'm like, they're, le- they're arching their backs, so, like, they're more prominently forward or something. Yeah. Or, like, their pelvis is forward, like, thrusting forward. So it's like, look, yes, more of this. <laughs> I just... I can't take it. It's so good. Yeah, it's pretty fabulous. It's amazing. It's not even like... Well, I guess it is pretty camp, but like... Yeah, it, it's it's camp in a way that isn't like a parody. Yeah, well... Y- yes? I think you're, this show is entirely sincere in everything it's ever done. <laughs> Except for the jokes, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, it's so over the top in a way that's so serious. Yeah. That I'm like, I can't... 
You just gotta lean into it. I'm just, it's amazing. It's so good. It's only one episode in. Yeah. Crazy. Or bizarre. One of the two. So, shall we wrap it up then? Yeah. It's just, oh, I don't even understand what I just watched. So, so um, we'll be probably doing one episode per episode for a while and releasing on roughly a fortnightly schedule, I Okay. Think. Yep. That sounds good. Eventually we'll set up a website and some infrastructure for this show, yeah, but we no haven't done that yet. Doing. It's going to go so well. But uh, I hope you enjoyed our first episode of the podcast, listener. Random human being. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you didn't, just go away. Just go away now. Or not, stay with us. Yeah, please. Please, we need you. <laughs> so we need more people so that we can be like Dio. So coming next, I guess um, in, once we've reached the end of what you can really remember what comes next, I'll start like asking you what your thoughts are. Well, I mean, you can start doing that soon because like it's all very hazy i would imagine you would have a pretty good idea what happens next episode oh yeah i'm pretty sure the mask does some sh- <laughs> it yeah. does some stuff everyone gets super buff yeah, oh yeah because oh, seven years later you got to get Asia. everyone like went to the fist of the north star convention <laughs> and they're just like i'm jojo i'm a real gentleman now because i have muscles one of our ideas for this show's name was fist of the joestar <laughs> we still don't know which one's better but Jojo... I mean, look, Jojo is well... I also like Joe Star Wars. Joe Star Wars. Oh, God. And uh, our end credit music for this episode was Roundabout by Yes. Oh, man. It's a damn good song. As we see, like, a nice little uh, mural of yeah. stone masks and, and symbolism. Mural. How interesting that they would omit a scene and yet have an Aztec mural for the end credits. Yeah. Uh, how interesting, I guess. It's reasonably interesting. I mean, it has some significance, I suppose. <laughs> And it's intrinsically linked with that mask, somehow. I don't know how yet, but when I do, I'm going to analyse the shit out of it. See you next time, folks. Bye.